You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 240 of the Black Eagles podcast. And I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. As per usual, where the summer suddenly, like the, the bottom dropped out over here, and we just, like... One day, I went out in shorts and a t-shirt, and I was cold. It was crazy. Uh, and you could say that such wild phenomenon, unexpected, shocking stuff, is also fairly descriptive of whatever the heck is going on with Besiktas at the moment. And so, yeah, let's dig in, right? I think most folks are aware of what I'm talking about. I will still try to do the whole, you know, no spoiler thing for anyone who's coming into this match review blind. I doubt there are many, honestly. I, I, I feel like if you're listening to a Best Touch podcast, you know about our results, you know? But, you know, we'll play this game. We'll play this game. We'll pretend like there's someone out there, you know, just for the sake of uh, continuity. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, of course... As everyone will be aware, Besiktas played on the road against Alanya Sport, which is it's always going to be a difficult match. But so, yeah, I mean, let's dig in and talk about it, shall we? Operation is in effect as of right now. That's right. So, let's, first of all, talk about what happened last year. Um, last season in November of 2021, our first match against them again on the road, they defeated us two to nil. Kuma Babakar and Diadu, extra time icing it. But then in the second half of the season, we would turn things around. April 9th, Besiktas. Um, I believe by April 9th, Valerian Ismail is in charge against Farioli, and bam, a big 4-1 to one victory with Bachuay bagging a brace, Joseph de Souza and Guven Yalchin contributing goals as well. For them it was Efejan Karaja who scored their, their only sort of consolation goal, if you will. An equalizer uh, to make it one to one, and then we would, like I said, just run riot four to one, crushing them. In our eleven or twelve previous matches, Besiktas had won nine, drawn once, and lost twice. 
So, I've, I mean, of course, like we say every week, Bastard Tash is, is, you know, has, a, has a good track record against just about everyone. The very vast majority of Turkish clubs, Bastard Tash has a winning record against. But that's a very formidable one, worth noting. Only two losses to them ever, and only one draw. So, a draw is an unlikely event, perhaps, against Alanya. Foreboding information that may be. So let's talk about the lineup itself. Let's talk about this match. Let's dig in. Uh, they are our keeper. Let's start with us. Why not, right? Our keeper is Ersin Destanolu, naturally um, on the back line. Just a four man back line, for anyone wondering. Roman Saiz next to Emdejan Uzunhan. Uh, the exciting debut of the young central defender. Left footed, but playing on the right side. So some folks say, oh, that's a big sort of factor. I don't know, you know, we played with Vita on the left side a lot as a right footed guy. Like I, you know, I, I don't think that uh, on two minute back line, we should, one needs to be so picky choosy. Um, that said, you know, um, someone might try to defend him by saying he was out of position. Valentin Rosier played opposite Arthur Masuaku. Again in, of course, why not, right? Uh, up ahead of him, Berkai Vardar, which is an interesting start uh, in sort of defensive midfielder, number six role. Up ahead of him, Jedson Fernandes and Sally Uchan, still getting that look. Uh, in this case, over Kartal Kaira Yilmaz, which you know, understand. Alanya on the road, it's a formidable opponent. Quite frankly, like I said, we lost last season there, right? Uh, Rashid Ghazal opposite Georges Cavant and Kudu on the wings, and Vout Veghorst up top. That would be who Besiktas would put out. Uh, in the case of Alanyaspor, a three-man back line, so they're playing some modern football under the Italian Farioli. Their keeper, young Turk, Yusuf Karagoz, 22-year-old. On their back line, Fatih Aksoy, 24-year-old former Besiktas player, who many will remember, um, quite unpopular for many Besiktas fans, given how he played against us previously uh, for Alanya. Um, sort of classless, trying to get whistles and flop around, and, you know, very, um, you know, unfavorable to Besiktas, no doubt. Alongside him on that back line, 22-year-old Furkan Bayer and 27-year-old Slovenian Jure Balkovic. Uh, in the midfield, 32-year-old <coughs> Dutchman Leroy Fair next to Usama Targalin, a 20-year-old Frenchman. Typhoon Bingo on the left side, opposite Daniel Candeas, 34-year-old Portuguese right winger. In front of them, Zinedine Ferhat and Efkan Bekirolu, 26-year-old German Turk. Zinedine Ferhat is a 29-year-old Algerian midfielder. And up top would be Wilson Eduardo, 32-year-old Angolan striker. So an interesting lineup, no doubt. Kind of a 3-4-3 on paper. Uh, although, it's not entirely clear to me how it 
you know, how it was laid out, to be 100% honest, because, like, Ferhat, the, the Algerian, and Efkan Bekirolu are both listed as attacking midfielders, as 10s, uh, with Fer and Targalin listed as central midfielders. So, I mean, Kandeash and Bingol are clearly the, the, the wingers in the, in the top three with Eduardo in the middle, but I'm not sure how their four midfielders line up and who their wingbacks are, are definitionally. You know, it's, it's an interesting formation, no doubt. And uh, on paper, with their 11 against our 11, as, as it was, you know, scripted tactically as much as they could prepare for it, early on it would not look good for Alanya. <laughs> Let's just be clear about it. Uh, and I'm just going to quickly go over what happens in the match and then hand it over to Khan Bayazit for the analysis. He, he goes in depth on it. He'll talk a lot about some of the, the issues that sprang out of this one. But so first of all, in the 13th second, a yellow card for George Kevin and Kudu. He comes diving in on a pretty harsh tackle. Some folks were like, oh, was that a red card? No, I don't even think it's debatable. Whatever, though. He gets himself carded quite early, but just a minute later. On a, on a corner kick by Rashid Gazelle, it drops to the head of Vout Veghorst, who heads it right down into the path of none other than Georges Kevat and Kudu, who slams it home into the back of the net with force. And Besiktas is up nil to one right out of the gates. You, you love to see it. 15th minute, Emdejan Uzunhan gets a yellow card. Very questionable. Very, 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 very soft. I, I, I was like, what? For what? You know, it didn't make any sense. But we roll with it, I suppose. 19th minute, Vout Veghorst gets a yellow card for... What? Not, not very clear. He was fouled pretty clearly and definitively in a way that, that cuts out our attack. So I'm not sure how we even get called a foul. And then because he's complaining about it, he gets carded when, you know, I don't know. I feel like... Someone has to step in, VAR especially, and get into his ear and be like, whoa, 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 chill out, we've made a mistake. Let's look at this again. And instead, he hands out a yellow card to Veghorst. Um, Fatih Aksoy should have been carded there. Ah, uh, but whatever, okay. In the minute, a minute later, Sally Uchan scores an assist, sort of a passive assist from Rashid Ghazal. Sally does most of the work, dribbling into the box and slotting it home beautifully. A very uh, respectful celebration, right? He's been with Alanya in the past, so uh, credit to him for that, just as you'd hope uh, folks would do for us, who played for us in the past. Fatih Aksoy being a classless jerk. You know, when, when Nkudru celebr or, or tackles him and gets the yellow card in the minute, there's a part of me that's wondering if this is like a, you know, the North remembers moment, where he remembers the classless behavior of Fatih Aksoy previously having just left us still with us on loan because Nkudu was on the club back then so maybe the North remembered by cutting him out but like that um, by the way and on the first goal another uh, Nkudu Rosier uh, Super Scion I think celebration uh, but so yeah sure, sure enough 20th minute Besiktas is up 2 to nil or nil to 2 you're loving, we're loving life over here, right? And um, not much longer, 11 minutes later, 
George Kevin Kudu in the 29th minute finds Rashid Ghazal in the box. Nice ball to him. Low on the ground, right into his path. Ghazal is brought down quite poorly. And yet nothing is given out card-wise. Very questionably. Whatever, Rashid Ghazal steps up, takes the penalty, slots it past the keeper. We are winning nail to three and overlooking the fact that they should be a man or two down by now. 36th minute, Leroy Fair gets a yellow card and so does Emrejan Uzunhan for, I mean, he's in a running motion and his hand goes back and he's sort of very, first of all, without any malintent, but so, second of all, maybe grazes his neck. Uh, but yeah, he's given a second yellow card and sent off. And so instead of them being a man or two down, we are. Which is crazy. Um, the reason I say a man or two is because Fasi gets a yellow card in the 41st minute, which at the very least should have been a second, maybe even third or fourth. There was a lot of tough tackles on his part that were not called. Um... But so you got a bad feeling. There's like a lot of dirt being done under, you know, behind the scenes. And so while we're celebrating and thinking, you know, this is the time of our lives, something's cooking. 44th minute, Typhoon Bingo ahead um, off of a neat little chip. He sends just wide. Signaling intense, right? Uh, and in the 48th minute, on a free kick, which is questionable. I think Jedson actually gets ball on the tackle, but free kick, Fcon Becchiolo steps up, sends it in. Um, you know, Harrison doesn't doesn't even move for it. He sort of seems sort of shook by it. I don't know how. You know, if he doesn't get a good look on on the ball or whatever it is, if it's a knuckler maybe, whatever it is, it's a goal. It's not pretty. Uh, and suddenly, at one to three, going into the half, it's a, it's a very different ball game because Besiktas is down a man, and even though they have two yellow cards, we have three, and now everyone has the opportunity to to make some subs and you know, sort of shift the focus of the match and, and avoid trouble. Uh, and it's Besiktas who has to do so the most. And Kudu comes off with his yellow card. Understandable. Rashid Gizal comes off because of his injury. Uh, they're, they're hopefully just monitoring his minutes and making sure he doesn't re-aggravate the injury. Um, worst case, obviously, is he actually re-aggravates the injury. But so, yeah, the one questionable decision, of course, is Sally Uchan coming off. On come Montero, which is, you know, obvious. I think the one move that we know needs to be made is probably someone up, you know, up up top, someone in the up front, coming out from Montero, so we can focus on defending to some extent. Uh, ideally, you might keep Veghorst and take out maybe a winger and have two guys shifting or something like that. So, so you know, since we have to take both wingers out anyway, okay. So you bring on Tyler Boyd maybe and Montero, right? I mean, ideally, you might be putting out Muleka, I think, but, you know, if you're really hoping to catch him on the counter, but on the other hand, Tyler Boyd has some success 
as a wing back in the preseason now. So maybe the thinking is he has that versatility to come back and help out to just dead the game. And by putting on Nejip instead of Sali Uchan, that's clearly what he's doing. He's deading the game at the 45-minute mark. Very, very questionable. This is a tactic you employ late in the match, right? 70th minute, maybe. More likely the 80th minute or so. But uh, the 45th minute, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <clears throat> but still, it's actually a mission accomplished. He does, in fact, dead the, dead, dead the game. They're clearing the ball. There's very little good passing being done, but there's a lot of clearing and solid defending. And they don't have any highlights to speak of until the 79th minute. There are a few half chances. You know, one sort of free cross off the post, you know. Um, but really nothing to speak of. 60th minute, they bring on Arnaud Lusamba for Usama Targalin. They bring on Idrissa Dumbia for Leroy Fair. So there's a yellow card coming out. They bring on Oz Aydin for Typhoon Bingol and Yusuf Uzdemir for Fatih Aksoy. So again, now there's both of their guys with a yellow card who are off. Fatih Aksoy being given that opportunity to come off is... That's dirty. Kandeash being in this game kind of dirty because he makes that tackle on the penalty that should get him a, perhaps a red card for the nature of the tackle. At least a yellow. He gets nothing. 64th minute, he gets a yellow card. Whoops. He should be out now. Uh, 78th minute, Erenjan Yardimji comes on for Wilson Eduardo. And in the 79th minute, Roman Saiz makes a heroic save off the line. He saves a header off the line. And so there it is. They've finally created one chance. It's almost the 80th minute, and we've saved it off the line. And I think we're all maybe at this point thinking, okay, you know, all right. I mean, this is not how I would have scripted things. This is not the tactic I would have employed if I were Valerie Ismail. I would have not uh, tucked my tail between my legs for that long, but here we are, you know. It's one to three, nearly the 80th minute, and we've just pretty much uh, saved the one chance they could kind of scrap together, even though we're really back in numbers. But sure enough, in the 80th minute, completely out of nowhere, across uh, is pinged by Roman Seiss. Not entirely sure what he's thinking. Uh, he might want to head it the other way if he can, or just, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess he's thinking to clear it out for a corner. I don't know if it's the best decision, frankly, but because it's like a kind of poor cross coming out towards somewhere in the middle of the pitch beyond the penalty box, and I don't think anyone's really there to get it. I mean, you know, it's easy to say this after the fact, when you're looking at a highlight, right? Perhaps the best instinct a defender can have is just get in there and do something about it whenever they have the chance, you know? And so that's what he thinks. He gets his head on it and it just somehow goes, it's like the perfect strike for the opposition. Two to three, own goal. And now things are looking a little bad. It's the 81st minute, so there's only, you know, nine minutes and some extra time to, to see this thing out. But we all know how this thing can go now. There's no mystery about it. Right after that, Kenan Karaman comes on for Berkai Vardar. Again, because of injury, so, you know, not much to say about the substitution from Valerian Ismail's part. 
And to his credit, you know, the subs, as weird as they all look, when you look at the actual roster and the, the chance, the opportunity, the opportunities, the, 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 the folks he had to choose from, it's not a great bunch. Uh, for all the work we were supposed to have done before training camp, we suddenly look a lot less deep. Um, we've replaced Ridvan, so there's not really an excuse on that front. Of course, Emirhan leaving is a huge one when when you count that Atiba and Joseph are both out injured. So that's a, a huge hole, no doubt. There's like really no one for him to bring on in that regard to hold things down in the midfield. Except for Karjakada Yilmaz, who's coming off a, you know, kind of... I don't know, people were very critical of his performance. As I said in the last match, uh, last episode, he was okay to me, you know. It was a big moment. Playing back with Besiktas after all those years away on loan. In front of a very loud, great crowd, at, you know, at the Burfum Park. It's a big moment for him. And I think, he, you know, it's, it's natural for the kid not to necessarily always uh, be able to step up to those kinds of moments. So fun, whatever. They didn't, he didn't want to trust in Kairo Yomaz, especially in this high-pressure situation with a very qualified Alanispor, right? We, we spoke about how, previously about how they won against Fati Karagum, scored four goals. So they're very capable of scoring in numbers. So, okay. Not many options to choose from Prevella and Ismail, representing a bit of a failure on the, on the front office's part at this point. We'll get into that later. But anyway, sure enough, 92nd minute. So once again, you know, our, our nerves are, are rattled after the second goal of theirs, but we make it past the 90 minute mark and we're thinking, oh, okay. Still managed to do it, I guess. You know, I think we start resting on our laurels and then bam, a penalty, a, a clumsy tackle from Jedson Fernandez, who, if you recall, gave away the free kick at the end of the first half that they that got them back into this thing. Kandeyash steps up. Uh, the, the Ferhat is uh, the fella who who gets the penalty, who draws it. Kandeyash steps up. Shouldn't be in the match anymore because he should be out with Kurt or whatever. Uh, sends Ersin not the wrong way. Ersin actually gets that right, but just can't get enough on it because it's a very well-placed shot. And it's 3-3. Three three. Tied up. That would be the final score. Did Ismail play defensively? Too defensively. Yes. Is that why we lost the game? In part, right? Uh, but the referee mistakes were certainly more impactful. The uh, lack of depth on the bench. Also quite impactful. And quite a bit of bad luck. Two set pieces and an own goal. And that's it, three to three. A very disheartening draw. Very similar to the Adana Demirspor draw last season that sent things spiraling. Hopefully they, this won't be the case here. Um, but let me hand the mic over to Khan. For hashtag Khan's Corner, let's hear his take on the match. He will do the analysis. So ladies and gentlemen, 
And folks of all stripes, uh, Mr. Baez is here for Tom's Corner. Boy, that's the uh, third time, I think, in the last four seasons or so that we've given away a 3-0 no lead, uh, which is <laughs> one of the most painful things in football. Uh, you'll all remember the 3-0 no at halftime against Fenerbahce and then the 3-0 no, uh, we got against Adana Dimitrov last season. But uh, there's a big difference, I think. Um, last season, the Adana Demispor draw, ultimately, that was very, you know, from minute one to minute 90, an extremely poor showing by the referee, especially if you see the ultimate equalizer, which was, you know, should have been disallowed three times. You know, I'm not going to uh, go into it too much, but you know, there's a there's a there's a push fall on Najib, there's a pull fall on Rosier, and then there's a handball goal. So that's like literally three situations where you could have disallowed, where you should have disallowed it. Um, today, yesterday's game, it's a bit a bit of a, a tale of two halves. Uh, in the first half, I think we we start the game really well. We we go Trino up deservedly so we played well we outplayed Alanya Spore we didn't give them any chances on the counter or anything like that we didn't allow them to get into the game really from from minute one uh, scored after just three minutes uh, we doubled our lead and then tripled it with a penalty but uh, yeah throughout the match you know after just 10 seconds we already get a first yellow card for Nkudu um, I think ultimately a right decision but how often do you see how often do you see uh, a yellow card being pulled within the first seconds of a match? For that, I mean, that was a that's a yellow card. That is a, that is justifiably a yellow card. But like, let's be honest. Like in a game, if a referee pulls a yellow card in the first minutes, it needs to be a very serious thing. And that was not like Inkudu went for the ball. It wasn't. Like, he didn't like. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. But that instantly, I think kind of showed this referee Yasin Kol new referee one of the new generation trying to establish his authority I guess um, in the BN Sports post-match they obviously discussed all of the, the positions and it, it did uh, it, it was quite telling that almost all the questionable referee decisions happened in the first half um, and every single one of them I don't think there was a single quote-unquote wrong decision uh, that went in favor of Besiktas yesterday according to the the BN Sports pundits and this is not to me I was watching this post-game analysis by the pundits uh, and uh, the, you know former referees and the supposed experts and like legitimately unanimously all agreeing that the the, the wrong decisions were all against Besiktas. <clears throat> the the first big one um, I think this happens before the three 0 but I'm not sure. But that was the first yellow card on Emre Can. They unanimously agreed not a yellow card. Um, but I think the the most impactful one rather than Emre Can's second yellow is actually our penalty because again unanimous agreement that should have been a penalty and a red card 
and I've, I've already tweeted this out, so maybe you've, you've, you've read this, but I'll, if you haven't, I'll do it again. But, Khan, there's no more double punishment in football. There's no more penalty and a red card. And that is not true. The rule that got changed is if a defender attempts to play the ball in, and is the last man or takes away a clear goal-scoring opportunity but attempts to play the ball, then it's no longer a red card then it's a yellow card. But the situation here is different. When Nkudu cuts back and passes it into the in, into the the area where into the space where Gazelle is running into, Gazelle has a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity. The defender challenges him from behind. The defender isn't playing the ball, isn't attempting to play the ball, only has the intention to force um, to, for, to, 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 to take down Gazal, to prevent him from scoring. So this is a case of a defender not attempting to play the ball and only being interested in preventing a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity. This is textbook, per definition, a red card and a penalty. This is something that will be shown in the referee seminars in the coming weeks for by by the by the MHK. They will be showing this exact position to the referees in, in the coming weeks. And they will be telling them if this happens, you need to give a red card. They will be telling the VAR refs this is a clear error. If this happens, you need to interject and you need to tell the referee to pull a red card or to come and look so he can change his yellow into a red card. This is a textbook example of when a penalty and a red card should be awarded. To me, this is the single most, uh, the single biggest error in this game. Yasin Kol had a lot of bad calls. There was the the potential last man with Fatih Aksoy on Weghorst, where he gives Weghorst the yellow card. What the pundit said there is this is a yellow card for Fatih Aksoy, whereas many of you will be thinking that this is a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity, but the pundits are actually right, because the rule is that the ball needs to be under control. And this the ball was, there was this was a high ball that was still in the air. At the moment of the fall that Valeta Axel makes the fall, Weghorst does not control the ball. So you cannot say that this is a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity because he hasn't controlled the ball. So therefore, yellow for Fati Aksoy. Of course, he, he, he gives yellow to Weghorst. And he gives yellow because of the protest, not because he not because Weghorst makes a fall or anything. He does call fall on Weghorst, which is absolutely preposterous. And then, of course, rightfully so, Weghorst is upset. Protest gets yellow for protest. This is a wrong decision. This should have been yellow for Fatih Aksoy and a free kick for Bishikdash. But, the, the, but this, that, was a, that was a bad decision. But the worst one is the fact that he... I, I forget which one of Alanya Sports player it is that brought down Gezal, but that is 100% without a shadow of a doubt, red card. Then, of course, there's the second yellow for Emrejan. Um, look, I think this is, this is a harsh second yellow. Uh, you can see in the replay that the player is 
you know, of course, the Alanyaspor player is, is, is acting like he got hit in the face, which he didn't. Um, but Valeria Ismail has a point in his post-match that this is a lack of discipline. Emerejan is on a yellow. You, when you are a footballer and you're in a football game and a referee literally in the first 30 seconds gives you, gives you a yellow card, makes it very clear that he is willing to pull cards without a second hesitation, you as a professional footballer need to have the discipline to not be waving your arms around like a dumbass. Emre Can, I mean, look, this he should never he shouldn't have been sent off. But he he sh- gives the referee an excuse. And he should not have given the referee an excuse. So this is on the referee, but also on Emre Can. Emre Can shares uh, shares his part of the blame here. That was a rookie mistake. Um, free kick for 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 Alliance for at least the goal. That was a free kick. Nothing can be said about that. Uh, the penalty for Alanya Spor in, in added time again penalty. Nobody can say anything about that. The, the the biggest thing is the first half was riddled with referee mistakes. Some big ones, you know, the Wechos position, uh, Emre Can's being Emre Can's two yellow cards that are both. You know, the, the, the main issue was Emre Can got two very easy yellow cards and then Alanya Sports players, for example, there was one fall from Kandeash on Getson, which was a professional fall, no attempt to play the ball whatsoever, and he didn't he didn't even get a yellow card throughout the game. Like, the thing is, consi- consistency, right? If you're going to give Emre Can really soft yellow cards, you, you can't do that and not do it on the other side either. Like, Yasin Cole was being very... Um, happy-go-lucky with his cards for Besiktas. And the same thing can be said last week. Eh? Last week, Jinx uh, two double yellow. Um, last week's Jinx first yellow. Look, he is clearly trying to stop Mensa. But fails miserably. Can you really send give a guy a yellow card for an attempted professional fall when you fail? I think that's harsh. Um, and then, of course, you know, his second yellow card was just the referee uh, flexing his muscles. That is just something that referees need to stop doing. Referees need to stop trying to be alpha males and stop trying to be dicks. Because the, the problem is that this doesn't happen in every game. I was watching the Fenerbahce against Umranje game and uh, Arau, who was already on a yellow card, uh, made a very clear professional fall, should have been sent off and didn't get a card yeah then you see our our, our red cards our, our double yellows it, it, it becomes very painful to accept uh second part of the recording will be in uh, lesser quality because kim just came home so uh just recording this outside quick um so yeah the the first half that was uh impacted quite gravely by the by the ref i mean despite the fact that we go 3-0 up look our penalty is is clear cut uh, he has to give that but he doesn't give the red card that he has to give far doesn't do their job there's a that's a that's a massive failure uh, that should be addressed like i said this is going to be seminar material uh, this is going to be one of those textbook examples that they're going to point to that look if this happens you have to give red and, and a penalty um, so that's the, that's the first half, uh, and 1-3 because of a free kick. 
um, on the edge of the area. Uh, clear fall by Getson that he probably shouldn't have made. Um, I think there were a lot of those situations though this game where I, I feel like we could have avoided a lot of the trouble we got into. Um, the free kick, yeah, I've, 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 I've seen people say Ersan should save it, but yeah, I don't know. I, I find free kicks hard to judge. He, he, he seemingly didn't see or saw it too late. You can argue, okay, then maybe he didn't put his wall in the right position. Um, yeah, maybe he, maybe he should save it, I don't know. But that can happen. Um, it's kind of telling though that it, it, the same thing happened against Adana is we, we concede a free kick and that starts the, the problem. Uh, but I think that then the, the issue in the second half isn't the referee anymore because also if you look at the BN Sports uh, evaluation of the game from the referee, almost everything happened in the first half. Like all his mistakes happened in the first half. He had a pretty anonymous second half and that was largely down to the fact that uh, is Valerian Ismael uh, made a very clear uh, decision in the second half and that was uh, defend the lead. And actually if you look back at the game and you look over the entire duration of the game and you see the amount of chances Bishtesh gave away, then there is some sound logic there because if you look even at the end, you know, with the 3-3, tree -tree, we gave away one opportunity. That was a ball that uh, Saiz cleared off the line. That is the only chance Alanya Spore managed to create. If you go back and you watch the game again, you will see that despite the fact that Besiktas had almost less than 20% possession and basically said to Alanya, here's the ball, we park our bus. Despite that, um, if you look at it, 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 no point except for that one moment in like the 79th minute or something where Asais clears the ball off the line, there isn't a single moment where you're like, Alanya are gonna score. The problem is that by taking the approach that Valerian Ismail did at halftime, taking off, uh, you know, he took off Gazab because of an injury. He took later on took out, out Berkay because of an injury. So those were two forced substitutions. He took off Josh Kevin Nukudu because of him being on a yellow card. And I, I completely agree with that decision. Uh, in this in this game with that referee, you have to be realistic. You can't leave Nukudu on with a yellow card. That's a sub you have to make. Then you have to look at what he has available on his bench. So he ended up putting Montero in, he ended up putting Nejib in, uh, Tyler Boyd and uh, Kenan Karaman. And the alternatives he had were Kartal, Kaira Yilmaz, uh, he could have put Emirhan Delibash on, he could have put Ozan Agun on, he could have put Jackson Muleka on and uh, I think that's pretty much his options so is putting Montero on a wrong decision no I don't I, I, I think you have to put on a, 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 an extra defender you, you know Emre Can is sent off you lost one of your central defenders you put on an extra defender that's a no-brainer Berka is injured there's the first question, are you going to put Nijip on or are you going to put Kartal on? I think I understand the decision to go with Nijip because of experience. 
And we saw last week that Kartal did kind of let the pressure get to him a little bit. Uh, he didn't. I don't think he played a bad game last week, but you could notice that it was a big moment for him. Uh, not his debut, but still, you, you, you know, two, after two seasons at Umranje, getting the chance, I think the moment was big, and I understand that Val is maybe thinking, okay, I'm not going to put him in because the pressure might be too much for him. So he decides to put a very experienced Nijib in. I, you, you all know what I think about Nijib, but I understand this decision. Um, t then he, took, he takes Sali off, Sali Uchan. That is something that I find puzzling. I, I understand Gezal being taken off because he already was a little injured pre-match. Um, and then he takes uh, Berkay uh, off because, again, injury. But Sali was literally one of our best players. I think he should have stayed on. Um, Nukuru, again, I think that's the right decision, but not putting Jackson Muleka on is a mistake. Uh, and I'll come back to that in a second. Then Tyler Board and Kenan. Again, I, I don't think those are wrong decisions per se, because again, you come back to the whole uh, experience part, which is important to cope with pressure. And I think Ozhan and Emirhan, they don't have the experience. So un it's understandable that you go with with Tyler and with, uh, with Kenan. I don't necessarily think the subs he made, apart from not putting Muleka on, are per definition wrong, except for taking Sally out. But I do think that uh, the big issue, the biggest problem, wasn't necessarily the subs he made, but it was the intention with which he came out of the dressing room. Look, we've been watching Bishnesh for a long time. We know we've seen these games before. We go down to 10-man, whether it's still a draw or we're in the lead. But Bishnesh always, even when they're down to 10-man, will continue to try and attack to an extent you know they will try to counter will see if they get an opportunity right like that is normal but in this game we didn't we all we did was set up shop in front of our own goal and defend and the problem was instead of instead of um catching them in midfield trying to keep them away from our goal we parked the bus in front of our own 16 inviting the pressure invited and and after the game Valerie Ismail talked about we wanted to um, stop them coming through the middle and then passing out wide and stop the, tr the crosses from coming in um, I guess largely he succeeded in that but the problem is when you defend this closely to your own goal is that they are going to be able to get crosses off and as we see from the 2-3, which was an extremely unlucky goal from Saiz, own goal, it's, it, it only takes one long, it only takes one cross that is not really going anywhere, but your defender gets a bad touch on it and suddenly it goes into your, into your goal. And that's what happened there. Because it, again, like I said, in the second half, we gave Win one, oppor one opportunity that was right before the 2-3. And that's a ball that Saiz cleared off the line. That was the only chance they really created. But then, in a very unfortunate way, Saiz heads it beyond Ersin. And if you look at the position, if you go back and look at the summary of the game, um, 
it's an it's an early cross and size tries to head it out into corner and it's a it's a mistake from size he probably should have headed it uh, I mean look he has two decisions right he tries to head it out for a corner or he tries to head it um, out to the to the to the wide area where then there's a chance for an alliance poor player to pick up the ball and cross it in again so obviously he he is opting for the corner and he just hits it badly and it goes into his own goal it is a very unfortunate own goal he wasn't under any direct pressure uh, apart from he did have to obviously clear the ball but he wasn't he didn't have like a, a man right directly in his in his neck or something that it's it wasn't necessarily super dangerous and it kind of came out of out of out of falling out of the air but that of course you know 81st minute and you're two three then it's two three and then then yeah nerve starts setting in and you give away a clumsy penalty in the end if i think if we if we played this game 10 times from half time onwards, we win it nine times. Um, but the decisions made by by Ismael, Isma, uh, I think if you play like that for 15 to 20 minutes, that's normal. I think Sergen would do the same thing. Shenol Gunish would do the same thing. Any manager that has won a title with us over the last decade, which is only those two really, uh, would do the same thing. Like in the last 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes of the game, you're leading 3-1, you're down to 10 men. They are going to defend the lead. But at, at the halfway mark of the game, they wouldn't do that and I wouldn't do it either I'm not saying don't defend obviously you're gonna obviously you're down to 10 men and the other team are going to have the initiative but you if you have Muleka on the bench who is a very good player on the counter who can exploit the gaps that are undoubtedly going to come then you need to put him on unless he has an injury or something but then you need to communicate that we we had we had some options that we didn't use but the biggest issue was the mentality that we just parked the bus and only defend i don't think there was a, a single moment in the second half where we attempted to exploit them on the counter and look i understand it's war you're trying to conserve energy as much as possible it's not a, a normal circumstance you're playing in alanya where it's even warmer I understand all those things, but at the end of the day, I do believe that it's a bit of a, it is a tactical error, I think, to start with that mentality straight from kickoff in the second half. I think it's fine to double down on defending in the final minutes, but if you do that coming out of the gate in the second half, I don't. I just think you're making uh, you're making things worse. But then again, if you come out and you, if we concede in the first ten minutes, then it's not no better either. So, it's a difficult thing. Look, if 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 we win this game, I think everyone. I don't think anyone would be bitching about how defensive foul played in the second half. If you win, because then it's like, oh, he did what he had to do. But now, because it went wrong, everyone is complaining about. Why, about how we, how, we, how we played in the second half and is pointing to that as the reason 
but in reality the chance of us scoring 1-4 on the counter isn't massive. Uh, it's not because we would have put Malika on that suddenly we would have definitely scored. We might have been able to keep them a little bit further away from our goal, but th th the truth is if that, that one ball falls right, which it did for them with, with the size own goal, you're always going to have a tough time. And yeah, ultimately it's, it's Getson who makes the mistake in the penalty area and gives away a penalty. And it's very unfortunate for Ersin because he got super close as well. He almost had it. And uh, yeah, Candeas hit it right. But Candeas is one of those players that should have been booked, had multiple positions where he should have been booked. You know, it, obviously that's not how, how it works. Like, you know, he, he probably would have held back if he had, was on the yellow, but you never know. Like he potentially could have been sent off. Fatih Axor potentially could have been sent off. And the guy that made the penalty fall on Gezal should have been sent off. So the second half, Val made mistakes for sure but the big moment in this game still after the game and the, the, the problem is that that Val's decisions kind of overshadowed the referee's pathetic performance in the first half but uh, yeah the big decision really in this game was um, was that non-red card uh, on the penalty and um, that is ultimately something that undoubtedly decided this game because I don't remember exactly when it was was it like the 25th minute we got the penalty uh, look we we played what 70 minutes with 10 they could have played plus 7 they could have played uh, 75 minutes with 10 people or something um, and it would have been a completely different game of course if, if the referee does what he's supposed to do he didn't do his job ultimately um, yeah, it's it's seventy percent on the ref and thirty percent on Val, I would say, or seventy percent on the ref, twenty percent on, on on Val, and ten percent on dumb fucking luck because of that. I can't believe we that own goal. It was very unfortunate, but um, the reaction from the players and Gezal was really pissed off after the game, as you, as you can see in, on his Instagram post. I think uh, we will see a positive reaction from the players in the next game. And uh, it's no man overboard. Alaya Spor away is a very difficult game. It's unfortunate because we had three points in the bag and we gave them away. We, we dropped two points. Um, but I think this could actually... This could actually... Yeah. I, I think it could improve the resolve of the team. I think players like Gezal, players like Wehorst, they're going to be uh, very... very um, motivated going forward so I, I i wouldn't say it's a man overboard i do think it's concerning what uh, we saw in the second half from foul's mentality to barricade himself um but uh the football we played in the first half frankly was good was really good we we're treating up against one of the tougher away te uh, tougher teams in the league uh in an away match in very difficult circumstances given the heat uh, of course, they didn't have Efejan, which is big for them. But uh, I think we, I think our first half performance was good. I think there's a lot of positives to take away from the game, and it just gets overshadowed by the referee's performance and Val's decisions in the second half. And, and we, all we can hope is that he uh, that that, that will improve. And now we just need to 
get the transfers we need. We need another midfielder. That was obvious again today. And uh, yeah, hope for the best. Yeah, very nice. Thank you, Khan Bayazid at R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N, Razarian, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but yeah, thank you once again for that great insight. And I pretty much agree on all fronts. I, one slight adjustment I might make, he says it's 70% on the ref, 20% Val, 10% on bad luck. I would say it's maybe 50% on the ref, 20% on Val, 20% on the board for not providing better depth off the bench, and then 10% bad luck. 50, 20, 20, 10, if I'm not mistaken. Gets me to where I need to be. But so, speaking of numbers and all that, let's do our stats. Um, so, everyone has focused on the, the negatives stats-wise. Alani had 78% of the ball to our 22. They had 11 total shots to our 6, although we had 4 on target to their 3. They had 3 shots on target and 3 goals. Um, a lot of people have spoken to how Alani had 538 passes at a 90% clip, and we only had 121 passes at a 68% rate of success. Quite abysmal, but again, we were just killing the game we were just dead in it uh, and quite effectively except for really flukes really if you think about it the own goal especially like without that we probably would have won this and people are thinking well it was too conservative but it works so what can you say and now of course i think you know people are calling for his head i think that's wrong you know i think we can all agree that he plays a role in being responsible for this loss but that doesn't mean we should pretty much scrap all the work we did in the offseason and the team we've built and everything that we've been working towards uh, in two matches where we have four points. We'll talk about the standings in a moment, but again, a point, like, big picture without like the, the sort of devastating way it happened. A point in Alanya is not bad. We didn't do it last year. Um, XG, and here's something positive, I guess. 1.8. For Alanya and only 1.32 for us although they beat us it wasn't like ridiculous neither of us had deserved that second goal you know according to XG uh, they had 12 corners to our one they committed 22 fouls to our 16 now that's weird because we only got three cards, yellow cards each, and we got a red, they didn't. So we had four cards to their three, even though they committed quite a few more fouls than we did. Which speaks to the, the sort of unjust manner in which the guy was officiating. But so, you know, there's some interesting stuff. XG is not that disproportionate, even though we're a man down for much of the game and really not even attempting a counter. And that, you know, again, the, the one Criticism I have is that he didn't play Muleka on the wing. I agree with Khan on that. Instead of Tyler Boyd, I think you can kind of go for the goal on the counter. 
got a couple of opportunities and because Veghorst had no one work to work with him, there was just nothing happening. Eh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> We're not going to dwell on it. At the end of the day, it's a draw. And it's a disappointing one. But I think people need to just relax as far as calling for people's heads to be chopped. Uh, we are two games into the season. And let's talk about this, the standings, right? Only two teams so far have actually managed to win both of their matches. And that's Adana Demirspor and Trabzon. Adana Demir just defeated Sivas 3-0 after beating Kirisan 2-3 on the road. Their next match will be against Fene, on the other hand, so it'll get tougher for them from here on out. Uh, Trabzon has won twice, very unconvincingly, I'll be honest. Uh, Hatay 1-0, very, very, very barely eked it out, 0-2 against Istanbul Sport, despite the fact that it was close, close running, Istanbul Sport kind of gave it away late. Uh, Densville scored in the 86th minute just to ice it, but it was nil one and they were pressing for much of the game. Could have had it, no doubt. Uh, they're going to be in the Champions League this week as well. Um, today, in fact, by the time this is released. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be going into the next match with some fatigue. The next match being Antalya on the road, which is never an easy task. So, um, you know, with that said, we're right behind there with four points. Fener, Başakşehir, Alanya, Besiktas, and Gaziantep each have four points. So we're right back in that sort of second tier. It's not bad after two weeks, right? To say we're still within reach of the top, I mean, that's sort of ridiculous to even be talking about after two weeks, but it's very much true. There's only two teams that have managed to win twice in Turkey. The, the, the parity in the Super League, the degree to which anything can happen between any two teams in Turkey has never been more true than now. It really does feel like you can't ever write off an opponent, no matter who that opponent is, right? And we've seen uh, Umraniye surprise Fene, we've seen Giresun surprise Galatasaray. You just never know. So, um, you know, Alanya, a fairly known quantity, especially at home, uh, especially a side that can score a lot, you know that. A draw is not the end of the world. Let's just close the page on it and move on. Uh, I will be signing out. Um, thank you so much, Khan, for coming on. Follow him again at Razerian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow the podcast at Eagles underscore podcast or black eagles podcast one word on instagram as always let's go, go Bashing of course i would re be remiss not to mention our next match is sunday august 21st again that late 2:45 p.m kickoff here so i think that's 9:45 in istanbul we will be home against fatih karagumruk a Istanbul Derby uh, in serious quotation marks because we all know Fatih Karagumruk is not a particularly like serious club. Uh, it's one of those Istanbul teams that doesn't really need to get super right now. But whatever, we won't dwell on that either. Uh, the important thing is that we will be hosting 
Spicy Category on Sunday, August 21st. Check your local listing. We will be back uh, next Monday, as usual, to talk about what occurs. Peace out, everybody. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.